0: Welcome to End of Regulation, a podcast dedicated to changing the sports and entertainment industry one episode at a time. Here to provide you with a week by week breakdown of everything you missed, bringing you the analysis and coverage you both want and deserve, not what is going to generate the most buzz or clicks. My esteemed guest, back in the stew for season two, coined by Tommy Lasagna. End of regulation host here, Monsieur Mangus, back here to kick 2019 off right with End of Regulation Season 2, Episode 1, the premiere. Excited to be here. It's been a while. Happy to see all these guys' faces. Let's go ahead and welcome the rest of the crew that is in the stew. The wit behind our twit, live from Florida and soon to be Tennessee, Shakes.
1: How we doing, kid? I'm doing great. That's right. Uh, as we just talked about while we were screwing around, one of the last episodes I'll be recording live from Florida. In the meantime, uh, I'll be moving, moving my talents back to Middle Tennessee with a new job in Nashville. Shout
0: out to FL, and, huh?
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Next up, <clears throat> brains behind the productions in the recording. From Richmond, Virginia, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing?
2: It's good to be back. I uh, had a nice restful christmas break but uh i was itching to get back in the studio and i'm glad i'm here i'm scratching that itch baby yeah
0: dusting the cobwebs (laughs) off we're here last up beefing up end of regulation security efforts here in 2019 live from san francisco off of a hiatus in new york city harry douglas how we doing kid
3: uh we're good we're good long hiatus in new york but uh let me tell you boys security is going to be fucking tight this year. <laughs> Ocular pat-downs for days. Oh, yeah. Nobody's getting near us, right? Near we us. have a lot of fans coming up to us, trying to, you know, untouchable. Us and shit. I got this.
0: Well, as always, beyond excited to be here in the studio recording with some of the brightest minds in the industry. Let's go ahead and
2: get it.
3: I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback.
4: Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever laid some up, Tom Brady. Greatest of all time. He got my vote. Number one man. Greatest quarterback of all time. Hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise player. We in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we're going to give you the rundown of what we're going to talk about tonight, entertain you, and hopefully educate you. Give you guys a little bit of banner. Talk a little bit about the cost of guacamole, 2018 fails, and much more. NFL wild card recap, as well as a little bit of our Beating the Bookie segment here in End of Regulation 2.0. College Football National Championship came and went. We're blown away so we're going to talk a little bit about our thoughts and finally wrap it up with some buzzer beaters talk a little bit about music history as told by shakes so let's go ahead and just kick it off right away and i'm going to turn it over to somebody who has a little bit of background uh, and a history in his family of farming read an article about a booming industry right now of luxury brand chicken diapers and i'm asking you shakes about your thoughts of the lack of fecal matter that these farmers want on their property that they are buying diapers
1: I'm going to be honest I I'm at a fucking loss here uh, <laughs> earlier when I when I saw this on the agenda I was like what in the fuck is a is a chicken diaper you know especially I I had no idea that you were just about to drop on me that these people are putting diapers on live chickens is that what you're talking about 100%, just 100%
0: they don't they don't want to deal with I guess the Large amount of shit that comes with owning chickens on a chicken farm, so they just throw diapers on
1: them. Well, here's what I think. Here's why that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Times two. Not only are they spending money to put diapers on these chickens, you can sell chicken shit, bro. So you're you're missing. You're spending money and then missing out or on money. Not that fertilizing you
0: could your own farm. So that too. So yeah.
1: whether you're whether you want to fertilize your own ground, if you don't want to do that, other people need fertilizer, and that usually comes by the way of chicken shit. So they're just – they're they're wasting out. They're, they're, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to
0: post a picture on our Instagram of a uh, Cornish game hen in one of these diapers so that I can tune <laughs> you guys do. in on a little bit of a visual. We'll move past it obviously though and talk a little bit about a story that I ran across called Holy Guacamole. Uh, so for the first time in 26 years, mainlanders uh, are able to top their toast with Hawaiian avocados – uh, and apparently the demand is overwhelming avocados you know whatever not a huge dig em. Hu- huge fan not a huge fan but chicks dig them and they look good in photos the history behind this is the USDA banned Hawaiian avocados back in 1992 shout out 92 uh because of fruit fly uh fruit fly infestations and a lack of pesticides that were being used they were all about being natural baby Uh, And the USDA came down and cracked down on them hard. So for a long time, 88% of our avocados were coming from California, 11 from Florida. So we'll educate you there a little bit. You can finally get a little bit of Hawaiian avocado. I'm assuming now it'll be at a little bit of a cheaper price point. And the US avocado market is at $392 million annually. So they're they're going to be hyper. like hyped 300 up. of that
1: as coming from uh, the chicks in DC.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I would not be surprised, you know. That's that is a pretty ridiculous number. If somebody has a stronghold on
2: the on the Kado game, they're rolling in the dough. Uh, that that's the thing with yeah. these Hawaiian ones now. Everybody's going to market them as these like brand new Hawaiian avocados and the price is just going to be marked up a ridiculous amount, but everybody's going to want it cuz it's new. It's, you know, they it's going to be trendy. They're going to make a killing. Why didn't I fucking... No one, no one on? has but an Instagram it's, but, it's, but, it's, but it's Hawaiian avocado. Exactly. The, the trend is come and gone. People just fucking
0: have a fetish for it now. So it does, I don't think the price is going to spike. It's just the regular avocados, they just don't have pesticides all over them.
1: That's what you think.
0: Yeah, just wait. <laughs> Whatever. I'm all about it. Put it in my tummy. All right. All right. Well, quick question for you guys. Uh, good little cue up to our music history later on do you know or happen to know who sold the most albums in the year 2018
3: i'm gonna go with travis that... scott
1: i didn't realize this was going to be a question uh on the agenda because i had this in my back pocket for later but we'll get around to it anyways it was actually big money m&m oh so
0: really? this was what you were going to bring up earlier i thought it was going to be a good little tra- you know transition there but i kind of fucking screwed up
1: your spot no, that, that's all right. That's this don't don't worry, people. We're gonna play you out with some Eminem later.
0: But yeah, he he was at the number one uh, seed for most albums sold in 2018, in front of BTS, which is a Korean pop band. So Jesus Christ, America, get it together. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, yeah. But that's got
3: to be worldwide though.
0: Yeah, but Eminem is holding it down. I mean, the guy has been in the game forever uh, and still at that number one spot. I mean, so. he,
1: he's forty six years old. By yeah, the way. yeah.
3: So Ser- seriously, though, color me like actually color me shocked. I never ever would have guessed that.
2: Yeah, no, no, it's <laughs> wild. The the thing about it though is though, like who, it's not about album you know sales anymore. It's about streams. Where does he stand on Spotify's, you know, top streamed list? So he's on number four as most
0: streamed uh, in 2018 wow. behind Drake, XX, Tentacion, or however the fuck you say it, uh, Post Malone, and then Eminem. I guess, wow. Uh,
1: shout out Drake being like a some sort of a pedophile going on. That's like one of the hottest new trends right now is being in the rap game and also digging underage chicks. <laughs> uh, sh- shout out R. Kelly. Shout out uh, Drake. Shout out Drake. So you know Drake. Uh, not to spend too much time on it, the whole thing that was going vi- viral a couple of days ago was uh, that back when he was like 25 or something, he was on stage and had this like 16 year old girl up there and was filling her up basically, and then was like, "Oh wait, how old are you?" And she was like, oh, "I'm 16." And he was like, "Oh, I don't know if I should feel guilty or turned on, but but I enjoyed your breaths Oof. against my breast or some shit." And it's like, "Oh well, you're fucking weird." Right Take him down.
0: Take him down. Shut the whole thing down. Yeah, Fuck shut you. it down, Mike. Ta- uh, yeah have Ta- john tafford shut it down <laughs> uh i mean you know it happened in the past akon got you know caught fucked up did the same shit on stage you know these guys are all morons it's like dude you can have any girl in the world why are you fucking around with these young morons chicks? and degenerates can't, yeah can't speak degen- uh, speaking uh
2: right on that last one speaking on akon though i did see that he's moving to some like african country like Literally, just some like desert country out there, and he's starting his own like massive city and his own cryptocurrency. in Africa. yeah, A coin. Oh, great! A coin. He's trying
1: to, trying yes, to create sir. Wakanda. That's that's gonna go super well in a country without internet. All right. Well, <laughs>
0: if we're if we're talking <laughs> if we're talking if we're talking degenerates here, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a little bit late uh, now that we're recording this, but the Bird Box Challenge. I don't know if you guys tuned into this, but I'll tell you what 45 million people did in 7 days, so that's pretty ca- cr- pretty crazy. Uh there's a challenge where people are doing tasks uh similar to the movie or just daily life tasks blindfolded. And you need to go look up footage right now because it is gold. I mean irresponsible parents running with their children that are running straight into walls, babies, young toddlers. I mean these people are just morons. It is good entertainment, and it is why I love the internet.
1: If I had one thing to recommend, it's I want everyone, everyone who can be convinced to do some shit blindfolded, go do it in traffic. It. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous how much people will try to go viral for something. I know it's insane. Know. It's like eating, the, literally the worst thing pods. ever. Eating, yeah, whatever yeah, the case
1: uh, is, it put is a blindfold on and brutal. eat Tide Pods and run in traffic. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. On
2: on on that note of like what people will do to go viral. Another Netflix you got to check out. Netflix special is the American Meme, uh, featuring you know three or four different uh, huge Instagram celebrities, uh, including Paris Hilton, and it kind of like details you know the growth of you know, building a brand through social media. It's really cool. Um, I actually would check that out. Haven't seen Bird Box from everybody you know running it. their mouth I about could, it. I think a- I could tell you the whole plot from start to finish. But yeah, the American Meme. Check it out.
3: Yeah, and and last thing I'll say, Bird Box, by the way, forty five million views in seven days, not that good of a movie.
1: Mm. Look, yeah, we'll see. That's what real, I heard from everyone was that, that it's just uh, what was that other movie, The, the Happening, and, and that's sort of what I got it was, from like the previews. That it, I was saw. Quiet, it was a like, quiet. Just looks like The Happening two
0: It was a quiet place, and The Happening merged together.
3: It, 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 honestly, just it's not worth seeing. I'm just gonna you know put it plainly. You don't learn shit. They don't tell you what the fuck's really going on. So. <laughs> Uh, You you saved me two hours. I'm I'm trying to save some people some time here.
0: All right. Well, let's talk a little bit uh, about some football banner here. Um, Obviously, a huge topic of discussion. The last couple of weeks has been the absolute demise of the Steelers. So let's talk Steelers' future, Mike Tomlin's future, uh, Antonio Brown's future, Le'Veon's, all of it. Um, So I'll ask you guys and turn it right over to you. Do the Steelers get rid of Mike Tomlin? And promote uh, their offensive line coach Mike. Is it Munchak? Yeah, Munchak. Nice. All right, cool. I landed it first go. So my thoughts are: is um, Vic and Munchak were going head to head for the coach for the Broncos. Broncos decided to go with Vic. Tomlin has seemingly driven this team into the ground. So. not necessarily into the ground, but there's seemingly
2: some turmoil. I want to hear what you guys think, Tom? Um, I don't think all of this is on Tomlin's fault, and it really all falls back on the whole on situation. Like you can't go into the season preparing for your best player to not take a single snap. Um, I I don't think Tomlin's ready to go yet. I think it's the personnel. Um, frankly, Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't know if if you guys want to hit on Tomlin, but I I think it's time to start fucking dishing and dealing with Antonio Brown. You have an aging Big Bang quarterback. Uh, James Conner was good for half a season. I don't know why everybody is, you know, sold on him immediately. He had like three concussions in the last four weeks of the season. Um, I think it's an Antonio Brown
1: thing. I I do see, you know, sort of starting from the top, Obviously, when Brown was healthy, uh, or James Conner was healthy, rather, their running game was chugging along. I think there, there's a lot you can say about Mike Munchak for that reason. He's He's been one of the most solid offensive line coaches in the NFL for a long time, and he's had some head coaching experience. Um, unfortunately, his head coaching experience has been dog shit, so I would not replace Mike Tomlin with him. At the same time, uh, like I said, with that, that pretty good first half rushing game, um, the the Steelers let go of their running backs coach uh, at the end of the season, which I found pretty weird. You know, yeah, uh, James Conner ran into some injury trouble and stuff. I, I thought that turnover turnover was weird though, the way that they he was able to plug in while he was healthy. But going back to the whole AB thing, I completely agree. He's the one that needs to be getting shopped. You got to get that attitude. I think you know when you're hearing about stuff week after week after week, you got to get him out of there. You do have an aging Ben Ben Big Ben. Uh, it, it's probably time to start thinking about the big picture in Pittsburgh. You know, after this playoff collapse, and just you, you might as well get what you can for AB right now, which is a lot. You know, he's absolutely one of the one of the most elite receivers in the game. He he led and the NFL in touchdowns. This year.
2: He led the NFL in exactly. receiving touchdowns.
1: I mean, I feel like it's been that way for the last you know five years. And, and he's know? bitching so,
2: it's like, dude, what do you want? He, he's just yeah, a drama queen. Get
1: some money out of him. Get some money out of him. Start thinking about replacing your quarterback. And, you know, it's probably not going to be super fun to be a Steelers fan for the next three or four years. But that's that's what you got to do when you got to blow a team up.
3: Yeah, and, and, and this stinks of, a, you know, blow the whole thing up, honestly. Um, when you've got, you know, A.B. probably going to be gone, you know, in the offseason. Le'Veon is going to sign somewhere else. He's now free agent. And then I think Big Ben will probably retire this year, man. He was he came back this season because he knew the personnel that they had around him. Um and, and so he thought that this was his best chance at a last run of the Super Bowl. Then the A B thing pretty much pushed him out because, you know, when he's not in the lineup, Juju really can't do it all by himself. Even though he played out of his mind, Juju is a is a pretty elite I mean, receiver. He, he's by, a wide receiver
1: one, you know, like he is yeah. like number one wideout.
3: All pro. I, I just think I just think if they're gonna shop A B, you gotta shop him for picks. Um, expect that Big Ben is either going to retire this off season, you know, maybe get one more year out of him. But in fairness, the guy like can barely walk anymore, so wouldn't be surprised if, if he's done with his career. Tomlin's probably going to be on the way out. There are some coaching vacancies, although they're filling up pretty quickly. Um, but the guy's been pretty successful, so I, I got to imagine that he'd be able to find something pretty quickly. But yeah, man, I, I think this is uh, this is you know just a, you know press the restart button and try to figure out. You know, how to, how to build the back up And, and I, through that, you got to do it through the draft.
0: Yeah. Completely. I, I don't think, you know, Tom or Shakes, one of you mentioned it, that it falls 100% on Tomlin, but I, I agree with Harry. I think you need to, to blow the whole system up. I think, you know, these guys are fucking banged up and they need to start over. And so, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are going to start off fresh next season. One of those individuals being on. where do you guys think he's going to
1: land? That's that's a hell of a good question, honestly. Like it one, you know, his whole thing obviously is is the guaranteed money. Um I think you see across the league that there are just so many good running backs. You know, you look at all these rookie backs, including, you know, young guys like uh in, in Dallas uh with what's his face down there. Um, Zeke. It just Zeke, yeah. I mean it's <laughs> like it's it's easy to plug it's easy to plug and chug. I mean it's unfortunate for LeVeon Bell, he is the best running back in the league, but it's not hard to come across running backs you know to have a pro- productive team um like that's that's just what the little guys like Austin Eckler out in at in uh Los Angeles you know filling in for Melvin Gordon when he's hurt like guys just plug and chug all the time obviously James Conner had a successful first half so for him you know it's it's just going to go it, it'll be kicking the can down the road the Steelers aren't going to give him what he wants i don't think any team is going to give him exactly what he wants so so what is the answer for Le'Veon? on i think only he has that answer.
3: Yeah, if, if I was going to throw out one team that I think is a is a good suitor for him, would be the New York Jets.
1: That's what I was just about to say. Mm.
3: Yeah, I, I think what, you know when you look around the league, shakes. You're totally right. There's a lot of teams that are pretty set with their running back situation, and like you said, everything's contingent on your O line, pretty much for the most part. You know, you look at Dallas, you look at the uh, Rams, you look at the Chargers, look at you look, the at the, the, look at the Steelers, Broncos, they all have solid offensive lines, which is going to be conducive to a, a successful running back. You look at Philip Lindsay, like, who the fuck is that guy? Guy played at, lights out, was a top five, six running back in the league because of what was in front of him. Um, and and I don't really know what the Jets O-line situation is like, but when you look at a team that's willing to spend money on, on a, you know, you got to imagine they've got money because they've really no fucking superstars. Um, well that's the thing that matters
1: is you you have to be looking at a team that's not spending a ton of money already on a, on the quarterback spot which you know the Jets fit that bill of course they they got a rookie quarterback won't be a rookie in the season ahead but you know on his rookie contract you could say the same about a, a few teams across the league but that sort of you know like it can't be someone like the Niners it, it can't be probably the Bucks or anyone like you know it's not going to be one of these teams with an established quarterback who's on a giant contract because there's just not room for Le'Veon it's going to have to be one of these rookie contract people and the, the Jets the Jets have a lot of promise obviously like Mike McCarthy just told everyone I'm not fucking interested in any job but that one
0: well on the topic of running backs we might as well transition into our little segment here about NFL rookie standouts obviously at the top of the list here Mr. Saquon Barkley Harry you want to take this off
3: uh, yeah, I mean, as far as rookie standouts go, Saquon has got to be at the top of the list. Um, we can even discuss in the segment, really, who we think. And I think it's a two-man race between Saquon and Baker, but, you know, who's going to be rookie of the year, uh, or offensive rookie of the year, I should say. And, and I think it's got to go to Saquon. Obviously, Baker had the better success in terms of wins and losses. But, I mean, this guy put up 1,300 yards, 11 rushing touchdowns, 91 receptions, which is out of control. That's granted, like, if you, watch, if you watch the Giants, you know, for at least for the first half of the season before they started to, like, really air it out a little bit more than they were, you know, when you're 0-8, you kind of don't have a fucking choice. Um, and, and so he was, you know, he, you know, made the most of that opportunity of just catching balls out of the backfield. But the guy is, is electric. I mean, you, he's impossible to take down on first contact. He laterals or, he, you know, hurdles people. I don't know if you saw the Superman dive that he did uh, yes. in, in the final week. You know, this guy, he can really, really do it all. Um, and, and he was without question. I've said it before on, on, in the last season. I'm incredibly happy that they decided to go with Saquon over one of the quarterbacks um, because this guy is going to be a generational player in, in my mind. He, he
0: is electric,
3: and I know in the beginning of the season people were doubting him, saying that
0: he has a good eye for finding holes, uh, but not necessarily somebody who can create holes. Um, and I think this season... He proved that he is, like Harrison said, a generational talent, and I'm fucking stoked to be a part of it. Fucking millennials, man, let's go! Come on. <laughs> I think if any, if you're
1: selling Saquon's ability to do anything, like if you're selling him short at all, that makes you an idiot. You know, it it is what it holes are holes. You know, and he's he can hit he can hit the hole. He can run out of the you know out of the power eye. He can obviously. You know go off tackle catch balls out of the backfield whatever like he is he's one of the few guys who without a doubt you can say well this guy is the total package at running back Um, but as you mentioned earlier the in my opinion it's a two-man race for offensive rookie of the year between him and Baker Mayfield Uh, what what Mayfield was able to do especially in the post Hugh Jackson era was was pretty remarkable unfortunately they couldn't get that last win over the Ravens and knock them out of the playoffs. Uh, we'll let Tom touch on that rookie quarterback afterwards but you know he led the pack for rookie quarterbacks he had over 3,700 yards passing 27 touchdowns which was a rookie record Uh, the former record holder might have heard his name Peyton Manning Uh, it's kind of a big deal and he didn't even start the first three games of the season so He's he's electric. We we are pro Baker Mayfield. If you guys aren't, I am. This is a Baker Mayfield stand podcast. Love
0: love, love Baker. Big fan. I also did see, which obviously he'll probably work out uh, after the rookie season that he put up 14 interceptions. Um, so. Yeah.
1: I mean, in Peyton's rookie year, he had a fucking blue million. I think he had twenty-five touchdown passes, twenty-four touchdown passes, and like twenty-five interceptions. Nice. So 20, 27 to fourteen is not bad. Yeah. Rattle off, you know, they won six games in an eight-eight week span. We're we're talking to you know, people are talking about the Cleveland Browns. You know that that the only time you're ever talking about the Browns is laughing at them, and now you know they're. They look like they have the upper leg in the AFC North. You know, Uh, that's just that's just how it is right now. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with for the next decade.
0: Yeah, it'll be exciting. They're definitely rewriting the script for Cleveland. That's for a fact. Uh, Well, Tom, we'll turn it over to you to talk about somebody who's sitting a little bit further down on the leaderboard.
2: Yeah, Uh, Um, standout in the second. I know we're we're talking about standouts, and everybody's looking at Lamar Jackson like he's you know the next big deal in Baltimore. Uh, I am not on that train. Honestly, I don't think, I, I think everything we saw this year, well, you know, he was great, he was fun, he was exciting. But they're essentially just running like a glorified wildcat scheme with him. Um, he set all these rushing records for quarterbacks, um, and he didn't even start until week 11, which is crazy to think about. Uh, but he was exposed in the playoffs. Easiest bet of all time, by the way but like the guy couldn't throw the chargers just dropped back and said we dare you to throw the ball and they went down like 17 to 3 real quick and you know Lamar Jackson was forced to throw the ball and it turns out he can't um I'm just I'm I'm not sold on the guy 100% I think he's a great quarterback uh for a young guy obviously rookie you know big shoes to grow or fill with you know Flacco winning them a championship etc but I'm not really sold on him yet. Do you do you believe he's a better replacement for Flacco? Uh yeah, I believe my fucking dog is a better replacement for Joe Flacco at this point. <laughs> the
1: the one thing I'll say about uh Lamar, which you know you just touched on, you know, when when you when you key in on someone when you're one-dimensional like that, which of course everyone on the broadcast was talking about it, when you're a one-dimensional team and you and you get into the playoffs, you know, against competition that is stiff. They're they're gonna they're gonna key in on you you know they're gonna bill a check you they're gonna fucking take away your primary option which was the run and they just stifled the Ravens so he is you know he's gonna have to prove himself in year two as a passer the one thing I'll say about their usage of him is uh, it's not gonna fucking last very long you know the way the way that he was sort of sacrificing his body all the whole last half of the season they they were in absolute win now mode you could tell you know if they really cared about this guy's future they would have been protecting the hell out of him. But, you know, they, they stuffed him in there, used him basically as a running back. And by the way, he's a lot bigger than I ever thought he was in college. I mean, I, I assume he's he's put on quite a bit of weight in that NFL training camp and all of that because I thought he was sort of a tall, like, gangly sort of type when he was in college. But he can lower the boom, no doubt about it. But, uh, you know, if they're going to use him that way forever, he's he's not going to be in the league for 14 years or anything like that. You know, they they were, they were using him very much like they have a – Three or four year window in which they want to figure this this thing out, and especially the way you know the way they were running that triple option, uh, just basically sweep offense. Um, that was that was we're trying to win this season mode. So we'll see what happens with Lamar, but he is going to have to prove that he can pass the ball down the field.
3: Uh well, yeah,
2: sure.
0: Dickheads of the week. Who have we nominated?
2: Um, I have one city full of dickheads and that would be the city of chicago um uh, if i'm sure you guys have seen the videos by now these people getting all over cody parkey like, get the fuck off of this guy's back like he hasn't been all that consistent and of the 15 points that your team scored at home in the playoffs nine of them came from his fucking leg all right this guy That's a th- right. this guy was doing his part the whole night and your offense can't get anything going. Your you know, your big stug quarterback Mitch Trubisky can't get anything going. This is this is uh, not also, on So they also
1: got Tariq Cohen the football four fucking times in yeah, that game. Your, your biggest I No, he's playmaker. not the biggest guy in the world. He's but he is a big playmaker and uh, you know, was a big part of everything that they had going for them, you know, throughout their successful season, uh, getting him throwing him passes. Sweep runs, reverses, things like that, and, you know, basically he is your one game-breaker on that team, not named Mitchell Trubisky, who's barely a game-breaker at that, uh, more of a manager, and you, you give him the ball four times, and like you said, um, out of those 15 points, nine of them came off of this guy's boot. So, yeah. yeah, you know, it is what it is. I don't think you would expect anything else from a bunch of fucking – you know Chicago Bears fans uh, as far as berating the shit out of this guy, Bears but ho- hopefully he can uh, get some sleep this offseason.
2: And just to to parlay that, um, the other dickhead co dickhead uh, Rex Ryan, my man, you guys will remember him as like the worst coach in NFL history. Also a foot fetish, huge foot guy, so weird. He was he was not forget uh, Rex. He he was, <laughs> he was on ESPN and blatantly like I blame him. It's on Parky. You got to hit that. It's like, dude, that right there, you saying that, it just explains why your coaching career has been a he, disaster. Yeah, he said you, you you will not you're, be a coach. you're not <laughs> a, it, it's a fucking team sport, dude. And he, he's he said he doesn't want verbatim, to coach anymore.
0: He said verbatim, he has one job and that's to kick it through the goalpost and he didn't do it. I said, Rex Ryan, you have one fucking job and that's to coach your team to the playoffs and you didn't do it. You were licking feet yeah, instead. I, I'm a hundred percent on board with you on this, Tom. Dickhead. Rex Rick, yeah. Rex Ryan is the biggest dickhead of all time, maybe of 2018.
1: <laughs> we're we're gonna get around to another dickhead here in just a second, though.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we might as well just go ahead and jump right into a little bit of our NFL talk. Uh, we got a wild card recap for you, but we obviously want to summarize a little bit of the season, talk a little bit about flops. Biggest jokes of the season, biggest highlights. So obviously, as you all know, Gruden has gone ahead and sabotaged Oakland.
1: There's the dickhead. <laughs> yeah,
0: dickhead. Uh Vontae Davis quit during halftime. Don't forget, that wasn't too long ago. Saquon proved himself to be a beast, as we've just discussed. In case you missed it, OBJ played a little bit of QB. Uh and best of all, we got Mark Sanchez and RG three back very briefly, but we had them back and it was beautiful.
1: I it's, it's really hard to believe how bad Mark Sanchez was at quarterback when he did get to play. Uh yeah, like worse way worse than I remembered. Uh that that was a little treat, no doubt about it.
0: Well, so let's let's talk about it a little bit. Biggest highlights, jokes, flops, something that you want to kind of talk about from the two thousand eighteen season as we kind of roll here into the uh playoff discussion. Um Tom, I'll turn it over to you.
2: Uh the biggest loser of two thousand eighteen is Josh Rosen in the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I was really big on this guy in the draft. Um, and he came in big, which I loved. I love that he was, you know, pissed off that he dropped in the draft and he was the last of you know the big five quarterbacks to go off the board. Um, and then you come out and you just play like a little bitch for 17 weeks. Like, what is
1: that? It, it was horrible. They were horrible. I
2: mean, I know they're not the greatest team. We'll see what this new head coach does, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It was just a, a a big letdown for me and I expected better. So, you know. Here's to a better 2019,
1: kid. They also made like like he made David Johnson like where did David Johnson go this season? You know what Small I mean? Factor. Like he's been one of the one of the best players in the NFL for the last 3 or 4 years every t- whenever he's not injured and then all of a sudden, you know, this year, like he was healthy healthy for much of the year and like because of their putrid ass offense led by Josh Rosen, we didn't even no one talked about david johnson this season all year
3: long
0: well harry what do you got for us 2018
3: uh, yeah i got i'm I'm gonna mention this uh this guy because it's probably the last time i'll ever get to talk about him and it really yes. you know it brings it actually brings a bit of a tear to my eye um i, I gotta go with the biggest joke of 2018 is is my man our man nathan peterman uh Obviously, big joke. Uh, you know, Beter, to sum up his 2018 or his yeah, his 2018 season, the guy went 0 and two, 54 completion rate, one touchdown and seven interceptions. That's not even including <sighs> the amount of fumbles he had, which I believe was like four, four or five. Um,
0: you know, it's tough, man. I feel for I those, feel for
3: the guy, but for those of you yeah, that don't
0: know, one of us could put those numbers up better. I was better just about numbers. to say.
1: I I truly believe in two starts that I could throw a touchdown and and also seven interceptions. <laughs> you know,
3: it's it's tough, man. I, I hate to see him go, but uh, I don't think we're going to see Nathan Peterman suiting up on any NFL roster uh, ever again. Catch him in ever. studio. Twelve o'clock. He, he was pre-game. truly,
1: truly like in Who's my gonna- lifetime. I don't think I've seen a worse quarterback. You know.
3: Who's going to want to listen to that guy as a, as a yeah. fucking broadcast analyst? I was just thinking to myself. I'm going to be like, Peterman, what the fuck no are you talking anymore? about, man? You couldn't even make it like two games. Yeah, yeah what do you, More what like, do you uh, know?
1: Out, fuck the studio. He's going to be selling insurance. You know, that's just, <laughs> he's going to be selling insurance with those Alabama quarterbacks that were on that fucking ESPN page the other day.
0: Uh, well, Brent, why don't you talk to us about what you got?
1: Um, I'll start with a quick highlight. I think one of the feel good stories of eighteen was Philip Lindsay out of Denver. Um, oft talked about um, undrafted rookie running back who played at Denver or Colorado, played at Colorado. Yeah. Uh, um, went undrafted. Is from the Denver area. Spent all season long um, living with his fucking parents, and then w- was pretty much the biggest part of the Denver Broncos' offense this season. You know they they had pretty high hopes. Um, Going to get Case Keenum, you know. Of course, in the in the Case Keenum, um, Kirk Cousins swap out of Minnesota to Denver. Um, John Elway bet pretty big on on him. Obviously, that didn't live up to any of the hype this season. But uh, the the big highlight of of the Broncos' year was, of course, Philip Lindsay and what he was able to do. Just a little bitty running back, uh, undrafted from Denver, living with his parents, and just torching it up on Sundays. So that was pretty cool to watch. Uh, You know anxious to see what he's able to do In the future Uh, My bust you know my flop flop of the 2018 season Was definitely Jameis Winston outside of what we've already Talked about uh, with Oakland and Josh Rosen and Peterman Uh, Winston you know we we started the season off Watching uh, Watching him serve as suspension Fitzmagic came in Fucking torched the league for the first two two games of the season. They started off two and zero, fell to two and two in his four starts, and then after that two and two start, uh, Winston came back, appeared in eleven games. Uh, they ended up finishing five and eleven, so they were only able to win three more after those first two weeks. And in eleven games, he threw fourteen fucking interceptions. <laughs> so that is just that's going to be the story. It has been the story with Jameis. Uh, every year pretty much it continues to be the story um obviously now uh the bucks got rid of Dirk Cutter they are now all in on Bruce Arians and if uh if Bruce Arians cannot turn Jameis Winston into a productive quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over then nobody can you know um that's just gonna that's how it is so we'll see what happens down there but uh, I I think that Jameis is a joke and I'll continue to think that until proved otherwise
0: very nice well i kind of alluded to it in the beginning uh as did shakes with his comment about gruden who probably is known to be the most notorious dickhead in (laughs) oakland um i am nominating oakland as the biggest loser of 2018 i think this is a team that had a lot of potential they signed this massive contract with gruden um you know what we thought was a brilliant mind, and maybe he has this elaborate mastermind of a plan that nobody knows about long-term. Um, but from the beginning, it was just disastrous. There's turmoil in the locker room, then Khalil, then Amari. You just had disastrous events after disastrous events. So I'm uh, I'm putting Oakland up there uh, as number one in my eyes um, just because they are garbage. I, I'm proud to say that the Giants – are not the worst team in football, uh because Oakland is just god awful. So would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I I don't know if you have some better insight on Gruden or whatever his plan is to sabotage his team, but that's my pick.
3: Yeah, I I, I think I I agree. It was it was a joke of a season. They did a lot of really interesting moves that we can speculate on and and saying that he just didn't want to give those guys the money that they're going to be asking for I mean, when their contracts are up. You know, Cleo Mack obviously was asking for pretty much uh, like 150 million, whatever it was. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on, on making any drastic comments about like him being a a, a fucking joke, just because uh, you know they're gonna have about like 12 picks this draft. Uh, he's gonna build a team that he thinks is gonna win, so. You know, I think there's some grand plan, but, you know, we'll, we will definitely see. That is very much to be determined. Yeah, did it's you not, think, time to get rolling did, on
0: it. Did you think he was not paying them because he wasn't able to or because of his ego? I, I
3: think I, didn't, I think they didn't want to buy into his, his system, something along those lines. Um, And, and they weren't happy. You saw Amari Cooper's production in Oakland versus Dallas. I actually noted it in the write-up that I did for our website. Um. Day and that night. I thought, that that yeah, that you know, you just got you got to put a guy sometimes in a new situation for him to really like get back to his ways, and and he crushed it in Dallas. So, um, you know, but I I think it was something like they didn't want to buy into the system, and and he said, all right, if you're not going to buy in to the way I want things to be, then you know we'll ship you off and get some draft picks out of you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Had to show him who's boss. That was all.
0: Yeah yeah how that go? lay down the hammer <laughs> well um speaking of coaches for the sake of time i'll just kind of turn it over to you guys to hear quickly what your thoughts are on who you're most excited about we've seen a lot of um churn so to say uh for coaches in the nfl there's been of a coaching carousel here couple of slots filled would love to hear what you guys think
1: well right off the bat um all the success we talked about with uh, the Cleveland Browns and um, our boy Baker Mayfield um, in the post-Hugh Jackson era. Of course, it was Greg Williams, the famous bounty defensive coordinator from the Saints, who was the interim head coach. Uh, but the Browns chose to go in a different direction, um, basically promoted their offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, with whom uh, you know apparently uh, there's a bit of a bromance going on between him and Baker Mayfield. So, I, 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 you know, for the sake of continuity, trying not to ruin a good thing, that's who they brought in. I, I think that's a good decision. We'll see how it goes, though. You know, you never know if someone is just a special coordinator or if they have what it takes to be a, to be a head coach. So I'm anxious to see how that develops in, in 2019.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the biggest coaching change I'm looking forward to seeing is Cliff Kingsbury to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, like I, yes. I, was, I was just hard on Rosen. I mean, we're going to see what happens. Um, and obviously people are going to point to uh, Cliff Kingsbury coaching Patrick Mahomes and, you know, that high-power offense at Texas Tech, and they're going to expect that from him uh, moving forward in the NFL. So I'm all for that. I'm hoping that he's, you know, trying to install this high-power offense um, because, like we said earlier, uh, the Cardinals fucking need it big time.
3: Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a quick note about this because I am not about this hire. This is a total like shot in the dark, let's try to land the next Sean McVay type hire. Um, and, and quite frankly, Sean McVay is a far superior coach than Cliff King, Kingsbury. Um, and, and the reason why I say that, the last year that Cliff Kingsbury coached at Texas Tech with Pat Mahomes, they went 5-7. and seven. So it's not like it's not like you know they had this high power offense. They do the air raid, which is an offensive style of pretty much just chucking the ball up seventy yards and, and kind of hoping for the big plays. Um, and you know even with that, he was he was not successful. So I think there's a lot of teams. You look at Green Bay hiring Matt Lafleur, another young coach. That dude had the 29th ranked offense. We can talk about him in a second. 29th ranked offense with the Titans. Uh, I think teams are trying to like land. You know, like I said, land that next Sean McVay, land that next you know, young mind, like, offensive guru, and and I just don't think it's going to pan out for every team like it did for the Rams.
1: I completely agree.
0: I will say it'll be interesting. You know, it's always cool to see a college head coach, or coach, I should say, come up to take a coaching position in the NFL. You know, so I'm rooting for them. I don't necessarily think that it's going to pan out, like you said, but it'll be fun to watch. I mean, fucking Cardinals, like you said, need it. They need something, so... And
2: uh, one one other one I wanted to hit on real quick was uh, is actually a great cuck move by the New York Jets. Um, this just dropped like an hour or two ago. Thanks, Adam Schefter. Uh, Adam Gaze, the ex head coach of Dolphins, is going to New York and he's going to coach the Jets. A Little
1: so that's a done deal now. In conference
2: for the rivalry, yeah, he's just going to fucking pick up ship and game plan against everything he just installed. I love it. Great move by the Jets. Not going to lie.
1: I don't hate this move whatsoever, mainly because you know I'm. I find it tough to write off a coach who just spent the last two or three seasons uh, dealing with fucking um, Ryan Tannehill as their starting quarterback. Everyone knows how much I love to hate on Ryan Tannehill, so I'm not going to judge Adam Gase based on that tenure solely because he had an idiot quarterback who just cannot do anything. So yeah, I'm I'm with Tom. I like this move, especially thinking about, like you said, like he just he he's going to know the. Basically everything the Dolphins have going on inside and out. So there's hopefully two wins, and he's got a good,
3: young, promising, talented, talented quarterback to work with. So there you go. Uh, I kind of, I gotta disagree. I, the only reason why I disagree, I'm not hating on Adam Gates. I thought he did pretty well with what he was given. Uh, well, two points. A, it doesn't really matter until Belichick and Brady are out of New England. You know, it, it's it, that nothing's going to change with that. Um, I don't, for sure. Yeah, but I, I really thought that they should have gone for uh mccarthy mike mccarthy um he's a more tenured coach you know granted like it was kind of an ugly divorce from green bay but i think adam gates is a riskier of, of the two options um and you know like like the jets try to always or tend to always do they just make a lot of questionable moves and i think this is you know right along par with with you know the other questionable moves questionable moves they made in the past so I don't love the hire. I don't really love many of the hires that have been made across the league thus far. Um, there's a lot of just you know risk being involved in a lot of them, except for like you know maybe Bruce Arians in Tampa.
1: That's what I was. That's the big win. Bruce Arians, very established winner,
3: right? And and, and he's going to go to a team. They need to get a new fucking quarterback. I am going to stand by that until they actually do get a new quarterback. Um, but yeah, I d- just don't love the the Adam GaSe hire. I I could be wrong, but. Um, you know, the Jets are gonna do what the Jets do and that's you know, that's mediocrity.
0: Bingo. Very nice. Well, let's move on here to um our wild card discussion that has come and gone. Obviously, if you don't know uh who the winners were, uh you're living under a rock. I'll go ahead and summarize it for you, Colts, Chargers, Eagles, and Cowboys. We're gonna to talk to you a little bit about the divisional round, what we think are our locks for picks and predictions going forward. So who wants to kick it off and take over the divisional round? Uh,
1: we'll we'll let line up the uh, – I'll, I'll let you go, Harry, but just here's what we're looking at as far as uh, matchups right now. We got the Chiefs playing the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, you know, two of the hottest teams going right now for sure, the way the Colts and Andrew Luck have been playing, and then obviously everything the Chiefs did in the regular season. We got the uh, Cowboys visiting the L.A. Rams, and then Chargers Going to play what appears to be a snowball coming yes, their way um, in New England, <gasps> and that that does not that does not look good. I'm sure Tom will have plenty to say about uh, the Chargers leaving Los Angeles to go play New England in the snow. And then, lastly, uh, Philadelphia and Big Dick, huge Dick Nick Foles, uh, going to New Orleans to play the Saints. Philadelphia,
3: so
2: <laughs>
3: Harry, take it away. All right, all right, all right. Um, so I. Being on the West Coast was unaware of the snowstorm that's heading towards uh, the New England area. However, I'm going to stick by my pick because I'm not, a, you know, pussy. Um, so for the uh, for the AFC, I got Chargers advancing over the Patriots to play the Chiefs. Uh, I think they're going to win a tight win over Indy. I'll break down my, my betting picks after we're done with this segment. Uh, and then the NFC, I like the Cowboys to. Uh, I like the Cowboys to beat uh the rams in a in a big big upset and then i also like the saints to uh to cruise along to the uh, conference championship so that's who i got
2: word um well uh obviously we have a major disagreement with the new england game um let me just explain to you what's going to happen phil <laughs> rivers is going to get off the plane and he's going to make that ooh it's cold face
1: yeah he's going sh- <laughs> to yeah, I just had my tenth child.
2: He's phase. gonna shit himself. Uh, no, I mean I, it, it's gonna be a good game, but it, I, the Patriots have four points. Give me that all day, all night. I mean, we are you know we we have been planning for this. This is nothing new to Tom Brady. Um, he's seven and zero career against Phillip Rivers. About to make it eight zero. Um, especially when you look at a game like this where it's gonna be cold. There, you know, I, I think the Patriots' running game has been highly underrated all season. Sony Michel is finally healthy. Um and he's a 1000-yard rusher and he only played 11 games. Nobody's talking about him. Um Sony Michel is the real deal. Um and and I just can't bet against Tom Brady. I don't know why anybody would bet against Tom Brady at home in the playoffs. I, I
1: wouldn't. Especially in the snow.
2: No, yeah. And you know the the Chargers have been great. Um I Baltimore was a tough test last week, but I, I don't know. I think they just got lucky. Um, they had an early turnover that turned into big points. And you saw in the second half, they were essentially you know shut down. And they almost blew the game. Lamar Jackson almost made a comeback. Uh, I think Brady's too good to let that happen. I'm, I'm taking the Patriots.
1: And your NFC? Uh,
2: So for this weekend, I like the Rams too. Sorry, Grimes. Uh, this is so Dallas though. You know, Jason Garrett has that playoff win under his belt. He's happy. As far as he's concerned, he's won his Super Bowl. He got a playoff win for his his team, his fans. Um, and then they're gonna go, you know, cave to Todd Gurley and the Rams. I I think the Rams lighting up San Francisco uh week seventeen was just a preview of what's to come. Um they're awakened, they're healthy again, they're ready. Uh and, and that, that Zeke isn't gonna run on Aaron Donald Jared Goff is going to shit himself too this guy led the league in sacks you run opposite of him you're running into N- and Sue. I think that this team when push comes to shove just has too much talent
3: um, for the Dallas Cowboys not that it help, helps my case but they also have uh, Dante Fowler as well so yeah I mean he, stout you, you <laughs> pick a gap cast, it's yeah.
2: filled with a fucking 400 field, pound she monster passed. ready to Cowboys rip the ball from you like
1: well, in the AFC, I am I'm with Tom. I'm going to have to take the Pats over the Chargers in New England. Obviously, Vegas likes them. They're minus four. Um, that's just to me. Like like he said, how are you going to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs at home? I'm not. You know, after after all this time, fucking 16 years, however long it's been, I'm just not about to do that. So I like the Pats. I also, I I have been riding riding um. The Colts a little bit, you know, with like I said, with Andrew Luck. In my opinion, comeback player of the year, maybe J.J. Watt, but uh, Andrew Luck, what he's been doing here down the stretch is impressive. They have, they've, you know, in this past playoff game with Marlon Mack, sort of establishing the run. Um, that that was big for the Colts, but I still like you know going to Kansas City this late. Uh, it's going to be cold as shit there. Uh, the Colts play inside. So I I just like the Chiefs to get it done. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Pats and Chiefs in the AFC. They'll be seeing each other. And then on, on the NFC, I'm gonna have to go with Harrison. I'm gonna take the Cowboys. Um, mainly, I just love the way their defense has been playing. Uh, they've they've looked pretty fucking stout. Obviously, they can establish the run. The more they feed Zeke, anytime Zeke touches, so far this season, if he has 21 touches in a game, they're undefeated thus far. He had 30 plus last game. Uh, that's the formula. Put the ball in Zeke's hands. Let let Dak do his thing when he has to. Um, so I like the Cowboys, and then I also like the Saints. So I'm going Pats Pats at Chiefs, uh, Cowboys at Saints for the uh, conference champs.
0: Very nice. Well, I actually am going to pull a, a classic flip flop. Flip flop. Tom was very Tom was very convincing in his argument. Uh, I had Chiefs Pats, but I think I'm going to go with Colts Pats. Um, I like how Luck's been playing. I've been watching a lot of videos of this guy. People talk highly of him. I like the way he's playing. I never really tuned into him because the guy was made out of glass. Uh, huge and, dork, you know, <laughs> as you know, a huge dork. But you know, I, I fuck with the guy, and I think he can get it done. Um, I think he's got you know a good team around him, just as you guys have all highlighted. And so, I'm going Colts Pats, and then I'm going to go with the Cowboys
2: versus the Saints. Mm. So those those are my uh, picks. Just on on the AFC note, I'm also on the Colts. I don't think I got that one up. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, All
3: right.
0: You
2: you said Colts, Pats. Oh, okay. Okay, good.
3: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, Tom. Now that we've discussed a little bit in depth about uh, about these games, let's jump into uh, our betting picks for this weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, so it seems that we're everyone's on board with the Colts. Um, I, I don't know if they're gonna win. You know, it Kansas City's a hell of a team. But I'll be damned if they're not going to cover six points. Um, I'm seeing them at five and a half now. I'm hoping that'll bop up to six on Sunday. We'll see what happens. Uh, But I like luck with the points against the Kansas City defense that really hasn't shown up all year.
3: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. And and, uh, I'm going to make a call on on this game that uh, I'm going to take Indy plus five and a half. If it goes to six, even better. Um, I think Harrison Butker great first name uh, I think he he uh, seals a deal with the game winner uh, as time expires to uh, push the Chiefs into the AFC Championship
2: that's a that's a bold call Um, I guess I guess moving on to New England and, and Chargers like I said New England minus
3: four lock that's all I gotta say uh, yeah lock <clears throat> yeah I'm gonna disagree the, okay here's part of the reason I'm gonna make a quick tangent. Here's probably the reason why I, I'm struggling to believe in the Pats to pull this game out. Um, no Josh Gordon, other than you're retarded. Maybe no Josh Gordon. Gronkowski is, is, you know, his knees are crumbling. The guy can barely fucking run anymore. Uh, he literally looks like Brady when he runs. Um, and so they've got Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, Cordell Patterson, who runs like a gazelle. And we all know gazelles can't run in snow. Um, and so, I, I just, I, I just <laughs> don't know, I just don't see how this offense is going to be able to produce. You look at the hey, other side of the field.
2: Hey, bud, bud. Tom Brady. What?
3: Tom Brady, yeah, okay. Alright, well anyways, in, in any case, I'm taking Chargers-Pats under 47 points. If it's in the snow, it's, if it's cold, I think it's going to be a defensive game. Granted, the Pats defense is not all that solid. Um, I I just think it'll it'll stay under forty seven. I don't, you know, obviously the Chargers are going to be uncomfortable playing in super cold snow. So, um, uh, that's my pick there.
2: All right. Um, t- 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 wow, we are all over the place here. I love I love Philly plus eight. Are you shitting me right now with the way this team's rolling? You're going to give them a two score
3: spread. Give me that, Tom. Did you give s- me that? Did you see Did you see Sean Payton's motivational move today? Yeah, that's fine. I did see that. But He goes, for, for our listeners who may have not seen it, the guy wheels in a Super Bowl trophy with $250,000 cash, and while the team's in the locker room, he goes, you want this? He goes, go win three fucking games. Hey, that's fine. And I don't know about you, man. I'd be ready to run through a wall if, I, if my coach came in and did that. That's fine. They Hell can yeah. win. I, I,
2: don't, I don't know if they're going to win, but I know Philadelphia is going to cover eight points. They don't have to win, but they can cover that agreed to disagree that new orleans minus eight. that was pretty sick though um and then lastly like i said i think the rams are just too much uh for dallas to hang around uh once at, i'm assuming they're gonna the, you know like brent said the game plan is always feed zeke and i'm assuming the rams are well aware of that and once you cut zeke out of the offense you know are, is dak gonna be able to make all these plays with his arm i don't think so
1: but on the on the flip side of that coin once you, they're going to key in on Gurley, and is Goff able to make all those plays with his arm? You know, I think yes. in the not to not to go off on a big tangent, that basically they had three opportunities coming down the stretch in big games, uh, talking about the Rams, and in two of those games they t- completely shit the bed. So they can be beat. Goff is not a world beater as it turns out. So it, it is going to come down to the two quarterbacks. That's that's a fact.
3: Fact, Jack. And- And with that said, I like Dallas's receiving core more than I like... I mean, granted, Alan Hearns is out now with a broken ankle, um, which sucks for them, but I I still like Dallas's receiving core over over the Rams. I mean, they got Brandon Cooks, but no Cooper Cup. I'm not even sure who the fuck their tight end is. Um, So I, I, I think that's a little bit of a difference maker there. Amari Cooper, watch out.
2: Gardner, you got any picks for us?
0: I got nothing for you. Um, I was going to throw out a little bit of a of an NHL pick, but by the time this release, it'll be too late. I was going to throw something out about Calgary. Um, they're already up 2-1 right now in the second. I just have been extremely impressed with this team this season. Uh, they uh, had a solid game against the Blackhawks on Monday, uh, winning 4-3, advancing 27-13-4. Um, they've been hot this season I was going to throw out a pick But I'll go ahead and save it And throw some stuff off on the ground I
1: mean at, th- at this point You know um, All eyes Everyone's attention Is on the play- NFL playoffs um, that's, that's where uh, You know If you're betting with End of reg Listen to these two experts They've been fucking Carrying the torch All season long Harry and Tom uh, once uh, once the NFL season dies down a little bit, Her- Gardner and I will, will kick it up a notch with uh, some NHL picks and some college basketball. I know Harry will want to pitch in on that also. Show.
0: That's, that's why I wanted to bow out. Uh, you guys should be listening to these picks going to this playoff season if you want some money in your pocket. Like we always like to say, nobody's fucking bank accounts at capacity, so get it done. All right, let's talk about it. National championship came and went. Final forty four to sixteen. Clemson has been dubbed the national championship winners. Trevor Lawrence, Bucks. We've announced that on the gram. Let's talk about it. Brent, you want to kick it off?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's it's tough. Every one of basically the two most surefire NFL quarterbacks that were ever playing football as true freshmen, uh one one was Peyton Manning at Tennessee. Number 2 is fucking Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. Um the guy looks every bit the part of of a future stud. Um threw for over 300 yards in this game even when things things were not going right for them early in the passing game. You know, he was like one of six. They had like uh two three and outs back to back, I believe. But it did not take long, you know, obviously that pick six early in the game. Um that was that was it's easy to say that's the difference maker, but there were tons of difference makers. The one thing you love to do, though, is get Alabama down early. You know, they they do not play from behind. I'm not saying, you know, that's it's not something that is just like, oh, you get them down, you're going to beat them. If you're good as shit like Clemson is, and you've got them down early, playing from behind, the crowd was into it early, they just did not have an answer, you know? And the more things did not go their way, the more they went Clemson's way, and that's if there was ever a formula, it's get up big you know, get up early, make some defensive plays, confuse the shit out of Tua or Jalen Hurts, whichever one happens to be back there at the time. Of course they went with Tua and they just did not have an answer. I was I was baffled, absolutely baffled at um Saban's inability to stop their running back, you know, Et- Etienne or what Etienne yeah, whatever Etienne. his name is. Um just looked – I mean, the dude's a stud. Uh, they, they they, said on the broadcast that he's only 5'10". He looked fucking 6'10", running through everybody. Um, they, he could not be brought down and with, you know, one tackler, a uh, bunch of arm-tackling attempts. I have not seen Alabama's defense play that poorly in a long time. And then to top it all off, on the special team side of things, they just got fucking worked. Yeah. So uh, all, all three facets of the game, you know, offense, defense, and special teams went Clemson's way. Tough. When you can run the ball like Clemson was running the ball, and you have just the absolute power at wideout that they have, and T. Higgins, Amari Rogers, Hunter Renfro being their third option, and you know Trevor Lawrence tossing the pigskin, that's they 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 might win two or three in a row.
3: And, and dude, the one guy you didn't even mention, probably the unsung hero of the game. I know he didn't win the MVP of the game, which Justin Ross, yes, Fr- freshman from Alabama, made two of the most insane catches Shit, I've seen right. in a while. The one he juggling even catch. Receiving Led them in the receiving, then he made the one-handed grab, which is probably the coolest reception I've seen since Odell had his one-handed snag. Uh, That dude is going to be an absolute superstar. And so when you look at Clemson now, Justin Ross comes back, T. Higgins comes back, Travis Etienne comes back, and obviously uh, Trevor Lawrence, they're they're losing a bunch of guys on the defensive side, but this team is going to be very, very, very loaded going into next season. Uh, To touch on the game itself, though, I mean obviously one of the surprising things the thing that i loved about it and this is very selfish of me because everyone was starting to talk about this alabama team being the best team of all time uh that title remains and will remain for at least the foreseeable future with the the 2001 miami hurricanes (laughs) you know exactly where i was going with that um so i loved it for that reason for sure man but this was I mean, I Tom, I told you before the game because you were saying, you know, Bama minus five or whatever it was, five and a half, yeah, something like that. Uh, and I and I said, and I texted you, I go, dude, I don't know, man, I, I kind of like Clemson here, and uh, I didn't think they'd win by this much. No,
2: I mean, like I, I won't stay long on this, but you know, you guys basically said it. It was just Clemson's night from the from the that opening pick six. Everything just seemed to go Clemson's and that w- way. That
1: really wasn't. That wasn't a particularly bad read or decision. It was. On, on it, it was a hell of a play. It was a hell of a play. It was a hell of a play. That's all it was. You know, he he. It was not a bad pass. Was not a bad read. Had had the defender pretty much played his his actual key on that play. You know, it would have been a completion for short short yardage, but you know, he came out of man coverage, basically jumped jumped into the zone, and you know picked off the pass, and he was gone. There was no one in front of him for 45 yards. So, yeah, it it wasn't necessarily anything onto it. You know, to his credit, they regrouped. Um, He, you know, told everyone, you know, that was on me. Let's get it going again. And for a while, it looked like it was going to be a game, you know. Yeah, his his next pass was like a
2: 70-yard bomb.
1: Exactly. It it did not last long. He shook it off, and, you know, right off the bat, we had fucking – you know, it was 21-14, then 21-14 or whatever in the first quarter, and it's like, holy shit, what are we about to watch? So yeah. uh, after that, Bama couldn't get it going. Yeah, I mean, that's
2: the thing. Just kudo, kudos to Clemson. It was your night. Uh, they shut out Bama in the second half, which stirred up a lot of talk about bringing in homeboy Jalen Hurts, who's who's now a free agent, by the way.
1: Yeah, in the transfer portal. So
2: he's out. Um should they have brought him in? I don't know. I don't know if anything. I don't know if fucking Peyton Manning himself could have revived that Alabama team last or Sunday night, Monday night, whenever that fucking game was. Um, yeah. Kudos to Clemson, Dabo. You know, good job. Well, before we
0: we transition off of this quickly, just kind of thoughts on Trevor Lawrence, um, very quick in terms of you know. Was this a similar Nick Foles situation where he came in at the right time, he had a good uh, fleet around him and just connected well, or do you think this is going to be continuous and the ACC is going to be kind of the
1: conference to beat? Uh, I don't know about that last bit exactly, but Clemson is the team to beat. That is for damn sure. You know, I, you know as far as top to bottom, the SEC is still the best conference. Um, but, you know, Clemson, the, you, you saw what they just did to the SEC's best team. Um, on the national on national television, and they're not really losing anyone except for some of their interior interior defensive linemen, which of course is going to make it. You know, they they had some game breakers at that position, which is always nice to have in college football. But their offense, like I said, with with their three wide receivers, um, Ross T. Higgins, five star Amari Rogers, some four star kid, um, and then Trevor Lawrence throwing them the ball. It's it's Clemson's ball game. They're they're going to be Alabama for the next three years you know
0: it's it's pretty wild i mean some uh some guy broadcaster um i was reading was saying you know he'd only seen two people in his lifetime uh that he could actually foresee going this early into the nfl and having a successful career the first being adrian peterson uh and the second being trevor lawrence so i thought that was extremely interesting obviously two very different positions but something to highlight and something to look at in terms of just their talents overall. Um, so let's go ahead and, and wrap season two, episode one up here with some buzzer beaters. I'll turn it over to Harrison to talk a little bit. Hockey. Yeah.
3: I, I just, I got two quick ones. Uh, a, you know, while we were on our break, what uh, was the world juniors of hockey, um, which is, is underratedly one of like the, you know, one of my favorite hockey tournaments, obviously the NHL playoffs take, take reign there, but World Juniors is always uh, a really fun tournament to watch. Um, the U uh, Canada lost in the semifinals, uh, and then the U.S. beat Russia to advance to the finals to meet uh, Finland, and ended up losing three to two. However, you know, just wanted to, to pay some homage to that to that tournament. I you know it sucked. The U.S. lost that game uh, and tried to make a comeback in the third period, but it was un- unable to. Um, but it's a really cool tournament, features a lot of young talent, uh, a lot of guys are going to be in the NHL in the in the coming years, um, so I just wanted to, to pay some, uh, give some attention to that. Uh, and then the last thing, I just got on my phone, you know, we're talking the coaching carousel, Mike McCarthy is going to be sitting out next season, but will be, quote, locked and loaded for the following year, so Ooh. just wanted to provide an update there.
0: Yeah, he's going to sit on a beach for a year and just chill a little bit.
3: I don't blame him, man. It's He's been in Green me, Bay yeah. for fucking last 10 years. so Seriously. For well,
2: him. Tom, what do you got for us, kid? Um, well, in the spirit of the NFL playoffs, uh, everyone knows that New England stays winning. And in this case, it is our owner, Robert Kraft, uh, accepted the Genesis Award today. And this is uh, described by Time Magazine as the Jewish Nobel Prize. So I'm sure you're very familiar with this, Gardner. Um but it's it's uh <laughs> the honor itself is determined based on outstanding professional achievement, contribution he- to humanity, and commitment to Jewish values in Israel. Shout out Robert Kraft. Winners stay winning. Shout out Israel. That's all I got. Heard that. All right, man.
0: <laughs> that
3: is Tom, pr- Tom's is, pro Israel. That's the first Israel shout out I think we've ever had. Yeah. Actually, I know we've ever starting out hot. I'm um I'm
1: with you, all you powerful people. i I'm, I'm also
0: you. all about the money. I like it. Let's keep it going. Well, listen, as always, thank you all for joining us. Uh, if you have not already, make sure to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> additionally, please make sure to click and subscribe. So you are staying up to date on our weekly released episode. Season two is in full swing. So do not miss out big fucking deal announcement coming your way right now. Next week, We'll have a special guest joining us in the studio. Boston hip-hop artist Nick Gray will be here to talk to us a little bit about his life on the road, his journey as a musician, and upcoming projects. Super excited for that, so make sure that you check in for episode two. Lastly, no one wants to be that individual who's left out of the loop, so do yourself a damn favor and start following End of Regulation now. For everything that is sports and entertainment, see you all next week. Here is Brent to play us out.
1: Yeah, as we talked about earlier, uh, highest-selling artist of 2018, uh, Chica Chica Slim Shady. Yeah. So, my my name is... See you, boys. Peace. Later. My name is... What? My name is... What? My name is... Slim Shady. My
5: name is... Huh? My, name is huh? my name is... What? My name is... Slim My name is... Excuse me. What? My name is... My of the name class.
4: Is, huh? my name For is, one second. What? My name is. <laughs> 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 name's Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Wanna see me stick nine inch nails to each one of my eyelids? Uh-huh. Want to copy me and do exactly like I did? Yeah, Try yeah. Sid and get fucked up worse than my life is? Huh? My brain's dead weight. I'm trying to get my head straight, but I can't figure out which spice girl I want to pregnant. Oh. And Dr. Dre said, Slim Shady, you a Uh uh-uh. uh. To watch your face red? Man, you wasted. Well, since age 12, I felt like I'm someone else. Because I hung my original self from the top bunk with a belt. Got pissed off and ripped Pamela Lee's tits off And smacked her so hard I knocked her clothes backwards like crisscross I smoke a fat pound of grass And fall on my ass faster than a fat bitch who sat down too fast Come here slut, shady, wait a minute, that's my girl, dawg I don't give a fuck, God sent me to piss the world off
5: Hi, my name is What? My name is
4: Wanted to have sex in junior high The only problem was My English teacher was a guy I smacked him in his face with an eraser Chased him with a stapler stapled his nuts to a stack of paper Walked in a strip club Had my jacket zipped up Blast a bartender just stuck my dick in a tip cup Extraterrestrial Killing pedestrians Raping lesbians Why they screaming 99% of my life I was lied to I just found out my mom does more dope than I do I told her I'd grow up to be a famous rapper Make a record about doing drugs and name it after You know you blew up when the women rush your stands to so try to touch your hands like some screaming Usher fans This guy White Castle asked for my autograph So I signed it, dear Dave, thanks for the support, asshole Hi,
5: my name is Hi, uh, my name is
4: Just stand there, operate I'm not ready to leave It's too scary to die I'll have to be carried inside the cemetery And buried alive Am I coming or going? I can barely decide I just drank a fit of vodka Dare me to drive? Go ahead. All my life I was very deprived I ain't had a woman in years and My palms are too hairy to hide Whoops. Clothes ripped like the Incredible hawk. I spit when I talk I fuck anything that walks Come here. When I was little I used to get so hungry I would throw fits How you gonna breastfeed me, mom? You ain't got no tits I lay awake and strap myself in the bed. Put a bulletproof vest on and shoot myself in the head. Bang. Bang. No steaming mad. Ah. And by the way, when you see my dad. Yeah. Tell him that I slit his throat in his dream I had. Ah. Hey,
5: my name is. What? My name is.